The story you're about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome in Jim Corbett, attorney here in Columbia. Good friend, good friend of the show. And the man keeping an eye on the Murdoch trial down in Walter Burroughs. I'm sure everybody involved in uh, well law enforcement and the law and some form or fashion is watching what's happening there. The entire nation is watching. So we thought from time to time when Jim had something to say, he could join us and fill us in on a few highlights. Jim, great to have you with us. And uh, what's ha- what's transpired there from like Friday through today? Hey, Phil, how are you? Um, it, it's It's the trial. It's not the smoking gun. This is circumstantial evidence trial. It's the evidence that's needed to create timeline, create all the issues, the, all the uh, uh, the evidence that the prosecution has to to show in a circumstantial case that um, the Alex Murdoch did the murders. Um, and you know, it was funny. There was a, a publication we both read that had a story opening the trial, and and that the defense or the uh, prosecution was trying to going to try to prove their case without. You know, any eyewitness testimony in any video on the same page was the, the story of the, the, the tragic killing of a, a postal worker in Florence whose killer was also convicted without any kind of um, uh, eyewitness evidence or video evidence. Now, I do think they had the murder weapon introduced in that case. So, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting how people look at this case, but it's a circumstantial evidence case. And this is building block time, building block for the prosecution on Friday and on Monday. Um, and this is the time where the defense lawyers try to find one or two things in each witness's testimony they can point to later on that say, this doesn't add up, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, prosecution did get into evidence, guns, but not the murder weapons. They were guns like them. And Jim Griffin argued against it on the path of defense, saying that it was, you know, it was prejudicial, and that's, that's an appeal point. You know, these lawyers, remember, are also making sure that they're making grounds for appeal in case they lose, they can appeal it. And you know maybe get a, a bad verdict over uh, overturn. Um, you know I don't know if this is going to be a classic circumstantial evidence case, but it looks like it's lining up. But you never know until you, you see all the evidence and you look back and say, "Yep, that's it." Um, and as the defense is only trying to find one or two things per witness uh, to find that doubt for which you have a reason. And in fact, you know they really just have to find one juror who's a holdout. There could be 11 to one, and that's not a conviction. It has to be 12-0. Um, you have the investigator from Sled Worley, who was on the stand Monday, uh, Friday and Monday. Um, and, you know, this is the type of thing a defense lawyer tries to get out. Uh, Dick Carpootlian, uh, according to reports, uh, asked her uh, if there's any other evidence that might have been tampered with in the scene because they were talking about the tire tracks and how they could have been messed up and constantly pointing out that the scene might have been compromised. And Worley said apparently no idea. And, of course, Harpooling said, yes, you're right. You have no idea of any other evidence that might have been um, you know, tampered with by the officers responding to the crime scene. Now, of course, they say in response to some of these questions, things like, well, we don't respond to a murder scene wearing, you know, coverings on our shoes because we're there to, to see if there's an active shooter and what's happened. So there's, there's a give and take that's happening. And uh, I found it uh, a little unusual that the criticisms you'll see on Twitter. You ever seen people criticize on Twitter before? Never! <laughs> the prosecution, uh, led by Creighton Waters, has presented no evidence so far. And I looked up this person, and she's apparently a law student, and one of many who can express her opinions. Mm-hmm. And then other people saying that Dick Harpooling is fumbling around, but you never know what they're setting up in a circumstantial evidence case. You never know what points they're trying to make. 
um, you know, Friday the, the jury heard the 911 tape from Alex Murdo. Uh, they heard, heard and saw the interview with Alex Murdo with the police. They saw Murdo uh, listening to these. They saw Murdo choosing to see or looking at the, the crime scene pictures, which are horrible. The jurors had a chance to see him react to all the things that he said and did that night. Um, there were phone records that were showing, you know, the Instagram video from Paul showing that Alex was there, his dad, who was accused of the murders. Um, phone records showing that, that uh, he was in the area, and then it goes silent, and that Paul's goes silent, all showing this timeline for the murder, which the defense is trying to break by finding that one or two things per witnesses, or maybe just one witness, to break that timeline, give people uh, on the jury a doubt for which they have a reason. Uh, so they're all setting things up for, you know, the final, the closing argument which people, you know, often look to at trials. Um, there's no smoking gun in this case. There's no smoking gun when you turn in uh, on the TV. It's not going to give you that gratification. If you saw the part that convinced you, it's got to be circumstantial evidence. It's a case that's building over three weeks, and they're just in, you know, week number two. And that's three weeks if the defense presents evidence. They don't have to. Um, but, you know, studies have shown that some people make up their minds at the opening arguments, and they never sway after that. And sometimes they do. Oh. So what has been said already by Creighton Waters in the opening argument that won the day with some jurors that simply was shown through all the evidence. Um, and just so the, the viewers, the listeners are, are clear, the judge says every time they stop and go out of the courtroom, the judge says to the jurors, don't talk about this case among yourselves or anyone else. That's repeated over and over and over. You're not allowed to talk about the case until you've heard all the evidence and the judge is charging the law. And that's probably the most difficult thing for the jurors not talking about the case during this two or three weeks. Jim, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you later in the week as this thing develops, but it's starting to build. You can certainly tell in your voice with the information. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you later in the week. All right, Phil. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, Jim Corbett, keeping an eye on the Murdoch case. And like he said, circumstantial, circumstantial. We'll see what happens. Yeah.